This is Chris Martin, and me and my buddy Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Everything, host an NBA podcast called The Mismatch. They call it The Mismatch because I'm awesome and Kevin is a gigantic nerd. No, no, that's not why at all, Chris. They call it The Mismatch because I have a brain and you're a loudmouth bozo. Good grief. (laughs) Anyway, listen to our amazing NBA podcast, The Mismatch. Or don't. We really don't care. We're probably going to win a million awards either way. <laughs> Chris, we do care. So don't say that. Please subscribe and listen to The Mismatch only on Spotify. Did you really call me a bozo? <laughs> it's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and Bet Live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer. Is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit theringer.com slash RG. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Baby, it is an action-packed Friday edition of New York, New York with yours truly, J.J. Jostrzemski. And for the first time in New York, New York history, I am not starting the show solo. Why? Because after what was a very eventful Thursday night, my good pal, my long-lost pal, who I do TV with now all the time, he's a big TV star, he's a man of many talents, he's got like 10 zillion jobs, so I'm not going to plug them all. You know him as Chris Lepresti. CeeLo, buddy, welcome. It's a lot of pressure. First time, a little duo here to start the podcast. It's well, a lot of I pressure. I got to hold it up. the perfect opportunity and the perfect time to have you on. I don't know where I want to start here because we could go one of two ways. We have your giddy New York Rangers or we have the insanity that was this Met game. Let's do the Mets because I'm watching the highlights right giddy now. Mets. And, and listen, I could see it coming from a mile away. The minute J.D. Davis roped that ball down the left field line, the Mets were going to go and win that game. Dude, can you believe what this team is doing to start off this year? Um, Holy smokes. I don't know if I can believe this particular comeback, but the fact that they're out of the gate strong, yeah. I mean, we talked about it before the season began as we were uh, reacquainting ourselves here at, at SNY on TV. 
Um, I had high hopes for them. I, I loved the moves that they made in the offseason, the pieces that they added, some of the professional hitters. Obviously, Scherzer, we both love Bucks, so we knew he was going to do a great job. And he makes a world of difference. He's worth at least five, six wins. Yeah, I mean, opinion. look, not just from an in-game standpoint, from a mentality standpoint. You've read, you've read the piece The Athletic did on him, some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, the mentality, the questions, the things he's talking to these guys about, not just during the games, but just you know in the clubhouse or whatever. So they there's a lot to like about them. Honestly, you know, the starting pitching's probably been better than I would have expected, not the last couple of nights. And on a night like tonight where Walker gets lit up and you're thinking, okay, let's I mean, move to Marsh. Right. It's seven to one in the ninth inning. The game is over. I'm leaving SOI. I didn't even have the Mets on the radio until the Lindor home run. I said, Well, what's the point of me putting it on? I have to decide. And the Ranger game, which was over, and then you have the play we'll get to in a little bit. I'm like, all right, this game's over. When Thor hits the home run, you're suckered in. But they have, like, this never-say-die attitude. They have an it factor about them. And so I don't think that's going anywhere all year, dude. I think the Mets are going to be a factor all year. I really do. Because they know they're good. And because they have some veteran guys now, professionals, not not just the imports, but even Lindor in the face of an 0-for-18 skid. He steps up, he hits the home run. There's just confidence throughout the lineup. And then once they get into the game, once they get into the bullpen here a little bit for Philly in the ninth, and once the pressure is on, you can see instead of, you don't see any guys getting up there, swinging out of their shoes, looking to hit the ball, you know, a million miles into the seats. They're taking professional at-bats. They're working the count, moving some runners, infield single, single, double, professional approaches, grounded, nobody getting outside of themselves. And all of a sudden, against a bad Philadelphia bullpen, you get yourself in the game, and they were able to finish well, it well, off. Well, that's another thing. The Phillies can't get anybody out at the end of these games. Girardi's going to literally basically quit on the job, as we are actually watching ourselves right now, <laughs> yeah. which is a little disturbing, as you see the hair flow, and you see the makeup, and you see all the disturbing things that we're bringing to the table. And I was so locked into the Rangers, I didn't even do the full shape tonight. I just did the neck. No, sometimes a little, so we got uh, a little, little stubble. Yeah, work. a little stubble. All, so. all right, now, listen, you're Rangers. This is your bread and butter. This is your heart. CeeLo is like as big a Ranger fan as you're going to find. I try to keep it under wraps publicly because people like to spit and hate on hockey. But this time do of year. Do you really? I do a little bit. Like I I, I, made, I made the point, I guess it was uh, Tuesday afternoon before the opener. I said, I usually try to keep the Ranger tweets to a minimum. So on social media. So, so like you won't be like live tweeting like a February Ranger game because you're like, oh, I don't want to hear the haters say nobody cares yeah, about hockey. Yeah, people give me the dude, I, you know, it's too much hockey. I, you know, I, I don't want to lose followers. That might sound like the wrong thing, but I want to appeal to the masses. I, I don't want to upset the Look at you trying Apple to be a man of people because when Syracuse playing a game, I don't give a right Well, you do what you got to do. But game. I do. I try to keep it under wraps a little bit, but this time of year, I, I just can't. Playoff hockey at the Garden, which we haven't seen in five years up until this week, it's just a different animal. And the fact I've tried to get to, into the building the first couple of days by myself, but it's too expensive. You, you got to work too much night. going you gotta, on. We got to put in a couple of. That's right. I'll, I'll find my way there. But getting to watch you this expected series, you expected a win tonight, correct? Expected is strong. They had really? to have it. But you dude, did not expect a win. It's not that I didn't expect it. I was concerned. With a third string goalie, you didn't expect a win. I'm surprised by Let that. Let me say this: the third string goalie with the, well. with the spicy pork and the broccoli the other night. You, 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 if you didn't watch this game, you say, "Hey, they won. They put up five goals. They beat him cleanly once, yep. and yep. it was the fifth and final goal of the night. The other four were deflections, traffic in front. He he played a a hell of a game. If you wouldn't think that, giving up five goals, but he did. And this was as we discussed on on TV. This is a tight nail biter again going into the third, and the Penguins come out in well, your well, face. They were ready in the third. to rock in that first first couple of minutes. Yes, and Shesterkin 
at that moment was who he needed to be. Because early in the game, not that he gave up any bad goals, but he didn't look himself. Like he was missing some of that energy, the confidence, the swag. And who could blame him if he's exhausted after making 79 saves the other night playing six periods? He got like 107 saves in the first two games. It's insane. Dude. But he stepped up when he needed to early in the third when the Penguins had them pinned in. He stoned Crosby right on the doorstep, and that was the change in momentum. And after that, you get a goal from Panarin. That's like an excuse me goal. Panarin is in the middle of everything, isn't he? He was, ten, he was in this game. I was a little disappointed in, in game, game one. one. I thought he was not that in like his effort. I just thought he was absent. He played over 30 minutes, triple overtime. He played a ton. I think he had maybe one shot on goal. He just didn't look himself. He's like he was searching for his place in the game to find his flow. And he has the big assist early in the game on their first goal from Cop. Beautiful setup. And he ended up with three points. I think it was the first start of the game. So much more of what you'd expect from Panarin in game two versus what we got from him in game one. And it was much needed. Okay. They win this game. They had to have this game. Your confidence, though. What was your confidence? Let me phrase it this way. You're watching the Rangers throughout the regular season. I'm not going to lie to you. I am not watching them throughout the regular season. There go the Yankees. They, they, the beers. By the way, as much as I love seeing the guys, Rizzo, Judge, and DJ at the game, can you get them a full beer for goodness sakes? I'm getting Nora, Nora Princiati's giving me shit for this. All the Mets fans are giving me shit for this. Next time you get them at the game, get them a full beer when they chug it. I mean, I'm assuming that they were had already been drinking and they oh, caught oh, them course. mid-beer. They caught them mid-beer, but get them a full beer. Sure. They're the freaking Yankees. They won 10 out of 11 games. Get them a full beer. I'm sure they had more than one throughout the well, course I would of the hope evening. So. You know? Especially knowing that they're probably not playing a baseball game tomorrow against the Texas Rangers with the weather that's coming in in New York. Um, Rangers beat the Penguins three out of four. I don't put much stock in that because I think teams Regular are drastically season. different. Yeah. Regular season to a team that's been there and done that in the postseason. But what was your key for the Rangers if they were going to win this series against Pittsburgh? If there was one thing they had to do in this series, what do you think? Well, moving forward, what do you think it has to be? I would have told you before the series they needed to slow Crosby down. That, <laughs> not, that has not worked out well. not done games. a good job. No, He's really, no, it is not. His line is really the only thing going for the Pens in this series right now. Um, other than that, it would have been my, my biggest concern for the Rangers, not just with the Penguins, but entering the postseason was five-on-five play because they were so power play dominant during the regular season. Kreider sets the franchise record. I think they ended up fourth in the league. Five-on-five scoring at times and just play was a bit of an issue. And you've already seen it a few times in the series where the Penguins have had these surges, five-on-five, where they've dominated the play. The Rangers did get some five-on-five scoring in this game. I think for them to win the series moving forward, that's going to have to continue. Not only are the games being called tighter, but the Rangers... You know, I think it was, what, six or seven straight power plays at one point for the Penguins. Crosby and the Penguins always seem to get away with murder for whatever reason. So, I, if I'm the Rangers, I'm not... you got to expect that moving forward in this series. Right, that's what I, I mean. think that's changing right. going If I'm the Rangers, I'm not counting on excessive amounts of power play opportunities. Now, when they've gotten them, they've taken advantage already. They've been sharp with it, which is good. But five-on-five play needs to be, I would say, even at best. They've got to find a way to score some goals, which they did tonight. Again, four deflections, pucks that were tipped. Uh, I get it, third string goalie. So they scored five tonight. Really, only one of them I thought they beat the goaltender cleanly. So that's something maybe I still have a little bit of concern about as they head off to Pittsburgh for game three. Okay, compare and contrast for me this team and the way this team is built compared to the Lundquist teams, where it was about Henrik and Nett, it was about their defense, it was this grinded out type of style that they played. This a drastically different team with the firepower they have on offense? It is. The firepower, the skill guys at the top, and just the way that they play. So a lot's been, maybe not a lot, but much has been made about Gerard, Gerard Gallant that 
He doesn't necessarily have a system. So like the Isles, the Islanders play a system the under Barry Trotz. system, yeah. Right? In this case, the Rangers, there's a lot of free flow to their game, which works in the regular season because of the top-end guys that they have. And maybe it'll work in this series and they'll win. I think that they should. I thought that they would win in six. I think that they're the more so talented you team with overall. That. You said Rangers in That's six. That's what I said, so I'll stay with it. But, okay. but you do see at times a lot of open ice for Crosby and company. Even Malkin at this point in his career, he's not the same. He's had a ton of injuries, but he's still a productive player. Gensel, you know, they you, there are a lot of opportunities within the course of a game for the opponent, and that's where the talent level and the performance of Shesterkin kicks in. He was incredible throughout much of the regular season, a few blips on the radar here and there, and he played great in game one, obviously, 79 saves and you lose. So he's really got to be able to step up in those moments where things get a little bit loose for them, whether it's in the defensive zone, whether it's in the neutral zone, like um, even... In this game, Panarin played very well, but he also made a turnover in the neutral zone that led right to Pittsburgh's first goal. So that counterattack where that skill and the high end, the east-west game that you'll see the Rangers play sometimes can get them into trouble. So that's a much bigger difference from what we saw from the teams of the past, both with Elaine Vigneault and with Tortorella as the head coach in the Lundquist years when they were you know, in that, in that era, that stretch where they were in the playoffs year in, year out. What's the ceiling for this team playoff-wise? This round? Well, you give them two. Yeah, I was hoping for two. Okay. You know, I I want. So you do not see them in a Cup final. I don't. I don't. I, I I don't know that they're ready for that. They've got a lot of. I mean, you watch the game, the first couple of games. Every time they score, it's oh, so and so's first playoff point, first assist for. You know, a lot of them. Look, the moves that they made. Cop is already paying dividends. Vetrano scores tonight. He's paid dividends. You know, something to keep an eye on. Barkley Goudreau's now hurt and week to week. They're calling him. Usually, you get day to day at this time of the year. That was a big acquisition they made in the offseason. He's got the cup-winning pedigree from Tampa Bay. Played very well for them in the regular season. A guy that I thought would be a factor in the series. You may not see him now. Brian Lindgren wasn't in the lineup tonight. So some of the you know the more grizzled guys that play with a bit of an edge to their game um, that you may not see moving forward. But you still got guys like Ryan Reeves, who, I mean, he has been everywhere, which is hard to say because he only plays about 10 minutes in a regular game. But he has been a... He has been an impact player in the series so far, throwing his body around. Um, and he's a guy that I think definitely intimidates Pittsburgh. So I want to see more of him, even though he's not the top-end skill guy. He's not going to be scoring and putting three-point games together. But he can have an impact mentally on where the Penguins are at, and that can free things up for some of these other skill guys. All right. You like the Rangers in six. And you were fair. Hey, we just did TV a few minutes ago. I thought that was a chief shot on Igor. Now, Igor's got to be smarter because when you got a team down three, they're going to basically say the hell with it. If you're going to go out of the net, we're going to take a shot at yeah. you. Screw you. I mean, look, he, he, but that looked bad, he, he clipped him on the way by. Igor likes to get out of the net and play the puck. And when you do that, it, it's that. bound to happen. Yeah. You know, and in a playoff series, you know, in one of the other series, um, the Hurricane series, Rod Brindamore is accusing the Bruins of running their goaltender. So this is what goes on. It's the game within the game. The coaches are going to make these comments in the postgame press conferences to try and sway the, even within the game. Gallant early in this one is riding the officials in the first period, all of a sudden you come out in the second, bang, 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 they get a couple of power plays and they're able to cash in and take control of the game. Um, Igor likes to be out of the net. Uh, he also has a little, bit of, a little bit of the flair for the dramatic. I thought he took a bit of a dive early in this game, some contact out of the net. Not knocking the guy. That's fine. I mean, you want to try and steal a penalty for your team. You know, he he does have a little bit of um, some, some, some showman in him is what I'd say. And I like that because that's the confidence. That's the swag and that's fine but I didn't have a huge problem with what Carter did. 
I mean, I, I can't get inside his mind. I, I give you credit. Listen, she was. I'm, I'm not going to make a big. I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. Not going to keep you up at night is what you. No, mean. no. If now if he night. tore his ACL or something, maybe it's a different story. Not going to say it's intentional or dirty, but the impact on the series. You know, it's like Carter's trying to get behind the net. He's coming. We're taking a look at it. Yeah, he even kind of. Hey, what am I supposed to do? He's trying to go in behind the net to play the puck, and here comes the goalie. And they kind of bump into each other. I don't, he didn't really stick his knee out or anything like that. He didn't get the elbow up or anything like that. I've seen much worse. I've seen worse. In oh, I've seen worse. I still thought it was a little Anytime the goalie gets hit and goes down, you know, because you don't see it that often, it kind of raises an eyebrow. But I didn't think there was anything malicious. Okay. Um, it's great having you on TV, by the way. It's great having you on New York, New York. But you got to leave me with this note. We're tying it back full circle with the baseball. It's going to be a monster baseball year in town. I think both of these teams are going to be in the playoffs. I mean, we're going to have a lot of fun, and it's good because you think about, listen, it's good because it's good for business. Number two, we haven't had it with the New York teams. We haven't had it where both teams have been successful. The football's been a disaster. Basketball has not given it to us. Maybe last year it did to some degree, but it was a weird year, COVID, whatever. Yankee Met, you're going to have people into it, people at the ballparks all year. I am allowing you right now. Take your fandom out of it. You're buying stock in one of these two teams. Mets, Yankees. Who's it going to be? Well, I think you're going with the Mets. Well, I think the Mets right now, because of where the franchise has been, having new ownership, having Buck, having Scherzer, and the fact that the Mets will add at the trade deadline, whether it's bullpen arm, whether it's a bat, I can understand where you're coming from with that. My counter to you, I think winning the National League is going to be harder than winning the American. Oh, so we're talking more so for who's getting to the World Series now. Well, buying stock. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, that's true. I got you. I guess what, it depends on how you would look at it. Here's what I feel with the Mets. There's a there's a freshness to it right now, right? Fair. Because because they haven't been there the last few years. Like, the, the additions there's they made. so much change. negativity, and now there's so much positive. Right, and all the changes, ownership, man, you just went through it all. Whereas with the Yankees and the fandom does, you said, you know, be objective, take the fandom out of it. But for me... As a Yankee fan, the fandom plays into it because I've watched what has gone on with this franchise since the 2017 ALCS. And now a fan of, you know, the Reds might say, oh, what are you complaining you're, about? You're in the playoffs every year. year. What do you That's got to fine, but you're, you, you want to continue to take the next step and be on the right track. And with the Yankees, I feel like things have gotten stale and stagnant. Now they made a couple of moves well, to address that in the offseason. I feel like this offseason to some degree, and Rizzo being now a full time Yankee, I think he... Playing every day, lefty bat, unbelievable defense, unbelievable leader, makes a difference. Well, may you get back to where he was. He clearly was hurt last year. There's no other way around it. And the fact that they are better, see, well, on defense. This is a team that last year, think about the guys that were running out on defense. You had a shortstop who was not a shortstop in Torres. You had a catcher who was a total stiff defensively in Sanchez. And you had a first baseman who was built like the Incredible Hulk who couldn't move in Luke Boyd. And, and you had you no had hits. Three. You had Gardner playing a ton. You had that as well. Not yeah, that like Gardner's... Not the Stan is now playing in the outfield like this. To me, like the overall balance of the Yankees has been shifted and has been corrected from where it was the last year. Here's my concern, and it's not about the regular season. See, I admit, I almost take that part for granted because I assume they're going to be there. But you know what, though? The there. Let's be honest. They had a scratch and quarter getting in the playoffs. Last year, they had to win the final game of the no, year. I understand that. I understand that. But and with the way, the way they're expanding, you know, an extra spot, I, I expect them to be there barring something. Dr- like, we always make the point, what's the worst season that they've had in our, our lifetimes, Probably you and I? Well, not our lifetimes, but since since the 90s. Right. So, I mean, not under 500, right? So, it's still there in the mix. My concern with them is always this. Because I feel like the last few years when they've gotten in, like, we, 
they they hit a million home runs, they score runs, we focus on the offense. You get into the postseason, to me, the bigger letdown has always been in the last few years has been the offense, not so much the pitching staff. I get it, Cole last year was, but I'm talking in general, overall, when they get into a series, not the wild card game. And my concern with the offense is always, you know, one-dimensional. Now, some of the changes that I like, some of the things I've seen early on, but I want to see that continue throughout the course of the season. And when they get to October and they're playing a good team or they're facing a really good pitcher and they run into a situation like the Mets had tonight, not the down six, now all of a sudden they're in the ball game, runners on base, and the middle of the lineup Can comes up. Are they going to be no, looking to yank run. into the seats or are they going to have a professional under control at bat, put the ball in play, find a gap, pass the baton and move it along? I understand that's not the way baseball has been played the last five or 10 years, but that to me is winning baseball. And that's how I want to see the game go back to. And And I don't believe yet that the Yankees can do that consistently. I understand that. And that's fair until you see it in the playoffs. We saw signs of that, though, against Toronto. That's what I mean. There's been early signs, but there's a long way to go. Yes. Labor with the big hit. The rally on Wednesday where it's hit after hit. And I got to be fair on this. I wanted the manager fired. I would never in a million years brought him back. You and I, we we agreed on that. I wanted a new manager. I thought it was time. I give Boone credit. So far, first month in the year, it's early. His handle on the bullpen, the sense of urgency that his team has played with compared to other years where it kind of felt like, hey, third game, going through the motions. They have been far more focused. Even last night, yelling and screaming at the umpire. You won the first two games against the Blue Jays. You could have said, you know what? Eh, I'm not going to go and fight for Judge. It is it is what it is. I kind of like the edge I've seen from the Yankee manager. I do. I give him credit. Yeah, I mean, I'm all good with that. Again, I want to see over the course. I'm not even talking about the in-game stuff. The one thing you do give him credit for, his ability to, you know, manage the players and the individuals, which we know is a big part of it. We feel maybe he's a little soft with them sometimes. He's a little too nice but my, as far as I'm concerned. But, but listen, we, the, the leaks came out. Whether we like him or you and I were Girardi guys. He, they all hated Girardi. Right. So they, they had, to, they had yeah. to go the other way. They have to placate these players and play to them. And you mentioned the bullpen, the handling of the bullpen. It's just funny. That was the Girardi MO when he was here. Look at the arms that they had. Look at what he's dealing with in Philly now, and they can't get themselves out of a game where they're up six. And Boone, who you wouldn't think of as the tactician like Girardi, sometimes with the manager in baseball, we forget. Well, we don't forget. Well, it gets overlooked. It comes down to the talent and the players that you have. And the Yankees have so many options in this bullpen right now. It's like an embarrassment of riches. If you were going to mess that up, you should be punted out of town. You should be able to handle a staff and a bullpen that has as much talent as they do. And I'm sure Joe Girardi looks at the Yankees right now. He'd never say this publicly and be like, man, if I was still there with that bullpen, if I got another couple opportunities beyond 2017, we would have won a World Series. Chris Lepresti, a man of many talents. Buddy, you look good on television. Got to say. Sleeves are good. a little long there. Got to work on that. We're both rocking the black suits tonight. <laughs> you know what it is? When I wear my royal blue, I wear my baby blue. I get tweets saying you wear that all the time. It's just that people remember it. No, what can I tell you? Right, yeah. The black suit doesn't stand out. People focus more on the shirt. I like the royal blue. They get sharp. Oh, oh, I agree. Listen, I am worried about Twitter when it comes to the fashion game. When are we playing golf? How about tomorrow? The weather is going to be absolutely I miserable. Sad. Meaning I want to get out I, I there as soon say, as I'm, possible. I'm ready to go. Yeah, you know what? I expected to have, been, have played by now. But between work schedule and the weather, it's just like I'm not no, in a no, rush. To, I'm not in a rush to get out there because I know I've got nice days ahead. Now, if this is November, we're pushing the even issue. December, and the, I'm, hey, that. get me out we there. We might even push the issue tomorrow. I don't know if Kelly would in the fall. That. You're saying, yeah, yeah, when we're if running out of days. No, we got to put the clubs away for three months. Yeah, rain, wind, bring it on. British Open, let's go, buddy. I will see you maybe at the Travelers. 
God, I hope I see you before then. Well, I was gonna say, I'm gonna see, see you here. here. Yeah. I'm gonna see you here. I'm yeah. probably gonna see you on Travelers, Sunday. though. That's when. Oh, that's when. We, that at minimum, po- we might be back on a podcast on Sunday. If we don't play between now and then, we will play no, that. No, we, we will play that weekend. We have to play before then. That's Crystal Presti, who is all over the place. He's doing stuff with me at SOI. He does serious FAN. He's all over the place. He's my guy. We got a loaded show across the board. How about that? Starting to show with a little friend. Coming right back. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. How fun was that? That's my dude, Chris Lepresti, who is one of my favorite people on the planet. I'm so glad I'm doing stuff with him on TV. And he's a big Ranger fan. So when I came in the newsroom, he basically was like, hey, when am I chopping it up with you on the podcast? I said, how about tonight? How about tonight? Job well done by Silo. See, I can share the mic. I'm more than willing to share the mic. You give me somebody who can keep up, I can share the mic with anybody. You kidding me? I'm a team player. All right, voicemail time. 917-382-1151 is where we make some magic. And a couple of programming reminders. Saturday, we're going to have a live show after game three. We're not posting it, though. I'm telling you that right now. So you want to be in on Spotify Live after Ranger Penguin game three. We are not posting it. So you better be on right after the game. Sunday, we got a pod coming up. We'll look ahead to game four, all the baseball that's going on. And then our Spotify Lives, guys and gals, are going to be on every Tuesday. Now, this Tuesday, it's going to be a little late because Stefan and I are going to be in the Bronx. I may have a, a beverage or two at the bodega, and then we're going to head back from Yankee Stadium, hop on, and then we'll take it from there. So it might be a little later than usual on Tuesday. But every Tuesday, download Spotify Live. It's right on our New York, New York feed, right on our New York, New York page. Download the app, listen on Spotify, listen on Spotify Live. Call if you want to have some fun back and forth with me. And away we go. All right, voicemail time. 917-382-1151. Steph, let's hear them. Hey, JJ. It's Matt from Huntington Beach. Huge Ranger fan. Transplant from New Jersey. Uh, huge Ranger win tonight. Big bounce back. Got the power play working, which is huge. Couple goals there. Uh, still got to clean up defense a little bit. You cannot let Crosby do what he did there at the end of the second period. I thought that was going to be a killer. Rangers definitely came out on their heels. You get a weird goal from Panarin. Settle things down. On to a big win. And now we're on to Pittsburgh. Tied 1-1. Best of five series. Let's go Rangers. Talk to you soon. Love the passion right out of the gate. I thought the early stretch in the third period was monster for the Rangers. Penguins were the better team in the second period. Crosby was all over the ice. You would stand that surge from Pittsburgh. You get the cheapie from Panarin, who was making plays left and right. It kind of allowed the Rangers to breathe a little bit. They go up two, and then they kind of pulled away late. You couldn't mess around with this game. If you were going to win this series, you couldn't lose the first two games at home. Now, I think we got a lengthy seven-game series on our hands. I think we will see a split in Pittsburgh over the next two. And my gut feel right now is that we're looking at a seven-game series between the Rangers and the Penguins. Penguins got some serious star power. It's been there. It's done that. Are they a deep enough team to handle the Rangers throughout the course of this series? That's going to be the question. 
you know, I got to admit, I'm not the biggest regular season hockey guy. I'm not going to hide it. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I get into it come playoff time. I admit it. Listen, I know I speak for a lot of different people on that. The diehards are going to be upset, but I own it. Listen, you could pretend that you're watching all year. I'm not, but I, I get into it playoff time. I got into it with the Islanders last year. I'm into it with the Rangers. Good for the show. All right, who's next? Hey, JJ, this is Jeremy from Long Island. I just watched that Mets win. Uh, I was actually at the game yesterday where the Mets were down 7-1 in the like eighth inning. They lost 9-1. And I remember thinking uh, in the stands, like, you know, maybe they can come back. This team, I, I trust them. And I was thinking, no, I'm stupid. So I left early. Well, tonight I didn't leave early because I wasn't there. But I was watching it. And to see, like, what I thought could happen on Wednesday, because, you know, when you're there, you're more into it, happened was so joyous. And just this team working so great as a unit. Uh, Marte, Jankowski even scoring that run, staying on the roster, things like that. Just this team is well-managed. This team doesn't quit. I'm so high on this team. This team is different. They pick their guys up. And it, it's just unbelievable to watch a team to have not one, but two amazing comebacks already. We're in mid-May and a no-hitter. I mean, I've never seen a team that's given me this much joy on uh, on May 5th. It's, it's not even been a month. And they've had three incredible moments that, you know, you only get once every three or four years as a Mets fan. So I'm just so happy for this team. I can't wait to follow them throughout the year. And I really think this is different. We can go win the division. I totally get that, Jeremy. And when you're down 7-1, Taiwan Walker's getting lit. Nothing's going your way. You're about to say, not my night. This Met team has a different feel about it. And I say that in a good way. Feels like they're never out of games. They don't give away at bats. They got a lot of grinders on this team. And the minute they saw an alleyway to go and make a move, after Lindor hit the two-run homer, they get the kind of mistake. He ends up getting on first base. Davis ropes the double. I knew Nimmo was getting a hit. I knew right then and there, Brandon Nimmo was going to get a hit to tie the game. And then Marte ends up getting a hit to go and give you the lead. And we got to be fair about this because I'm not his biggest fan and he's had a lot of meltdowns since he's been in town. Edwin Diaz has been fantastic. He has been absolutely fantastic. In other years, Diaz goes and blows that save. Diaz gives you a nice, easy bottom half of the ninth inning. That's got a lot cooking. They got a lot going their way and that's a good thing. All right, two to go. Hey, John, this is Jim from Garfield. Uh, what a best victory. They do not win this game last year. Uh, Everything from Starler Marte, you know, giving the home run and Lindor hitting the home run. Buck, it's all about Buck Showalter, baby. He's different. Big Buck we trust. Love the show, JJ. Thanks very much. I appreciate that, and I agree with you. I think Buck Showalter means the world to the New York Mets. And I think the presence that he brings to the table, it's something that you see within a bunch of guys on this team. And the point you made at the start of your call is spot on. This is a game in years past the Mets lose 10-1. They're dead to rights. There's no fight. There's no spirit. There's no comeback. And I don't want to just pin all that on the manager because, listen, guys got to go and have at bats. They got to go and make it happen. But the feel and the mood around the Mets couldn't be any different. Couldn't be any different. All right, last but not least, let's hear it. JJ, Justin in Miami. Uh, pretty happy with the Giants draft. I think what's fascinating about it, though, is the second pick, Evan Neal, that turned out to be the play, the pick that they got for the first-round pick last year, which turned out to be the tackle for the Chargers Slater. So I think we have a very good point of comparison now to see whether that deal actually was smart in retrospect. We can compare Slater's career with the Chargers, who's obviously off to a great start, 
with Evan Neal. And, you know, if Evan Neal turns out to be a stellar tackle or comparable to Slater, then it was, a, it was the right move. And if, if, you know, Neal's a bust, people will be talking years from now how they should have kept the pick and, and drafted Slater. Um, you know, the other thing I think which is interesting here is I know everyone thinks they're going to take a quarterback next year. But, I, you know, there are a lot of teams, I think, that will be looking for a quarterback. And so, I, you know, I actually think Jones may have a better chance to survive than people think if he has a decent year. You know, and the Giants go 7-10, and 10, and now you're picking, you know, 9th or 10th. Well, if three teams ahead of you on quarterback, it may not be that easy to go up next year and, and get one. So I think what I'm saying is the stage is set for Jones. If he has a pretty decent year, he may be able to, to last a little bit longer than people think. I, I'm not saying he's going to get a six- or seven-year deal and be franchised, but I could see a two- or three-year extension because while I do think the Giants want to get a quarterback and they don't view Jones maybe as a 10-year quarterback, I'm not sure necessarily they're going to be able to get that guy next year. There's going to be a lot of teams in the market. All right, talk to you later, buddy. That is an excellent, excellent observation. I think in a perfect world, if things go poorly for the Giants, they end up with an option to go and get the quarterback they want next year. But you were right. Carolina is a team that's going to need a quarterback. Seattle is a team that's going to need a quarterback. Just the starters. And those are teams that could very well be worse than you. Atlanta is another one that could need a quarterback. So if Jones plays decently, and Dable likes what he sees and says, hey, guess what? I can work with this guy. I can win with this guy. There's a halfway for Daniel Jones remaining beyond the 2021 season. I acknowledge that. It also depends on what kind of year he has. And I said 2021. You know I meant 2022. You know what? Sometimes we get our years mixed up. Who are we kidding? You know, the fact that I'm going to be 34 in two weeks is crazy. You know, our buddy Eagle Eye Pick sent me a text being a total you know, pain in the ass. He goes, you know, you're almost halfway to 70. I go, thanks, buddy. Thanks, asshole. Really appreciate that. Really appreciate that. Um, And as far as Neil and Slater, look, if it turns out the Giants got it wrong, that's going to be Dave Gettleman. That is not going to be this new regime. You hope that you have yourself a 10-year starter on the right side. And I think that you do. That's the hope. Thomas and Neil are going to be on this offensive line for a long time. Protecting who? I guess it remains to be seen. All right. When we come back, I think she's one of the rock stars here at the ring. I think she is fantastic. I met her out in California for the Super Bowl. And you want to talk about someone who is an absolute beast on the Peloton and just absolutely slayed in the gym. I mean, I was jealous of Nora Pensiata. I mean, she was just, she was beasting. Whatever Peloton class she was taking, I was like, I'm not on her level. She is all world on the NFL. She does like the Taylor Swift and all the pop culture podcasts. And she happens to be a big-time New York Ranger fan. So we wanted to welcome Nora to the show, talk a little pucks, and maybe talk a little football. That's coming up next. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and 1. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. 
Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. So our next guest I've been waiting to have on the pod for quite a while. She's fabulous. I mean, all things NFL, all things Taylor Swift or One Direction. I don't know, whatever the wind is uh, blowing these days. But first things first, you learn something new about a person every single day. That's what I've learned in life. So Nora Princiati and I are out at the Super Bowl, you know, having a ton of fun, a lot of laughs. Uh, she sees me like a lunatic. She's probably like, is this a real person? Yes. The answer to that question is yes. But Nora drops in a little hint that she's a Ranger fan. Nora, welcome. New York, New York is very happy to have you. You don't have ties to New York. A a am I wrong here? Please uh, elaborate on how you have become a New York Ranger fan. First of all, JJ, hello, and an emphatic Go Rangers to you on this fine evening. Uh, so here's the deal. I, growing up, moved around a ton, all in the Northeast, but we were at New Hampshire, Massachusetts. My mom lives in, in New York. She teaches high school English um, in the Bronx. I live on the Upper East Side. I moved last year. New York is not my original home, but it is one of my homes that is sort of near and dear and came to me at a pivotal time in my life. My very best friend in the entire world is a girl named Sammy Maris, who comes from a huge family of Rangers supporters. And they've got great tickets, and I've been lucky enough to go with them to a bunch of really fun games. By the way, the Rangers are 4-0 when I've been in the house this year. Uh, they so, got to work on you know. getting you to game five or maybe down to Pittsburgh. Just saying. That's, that's how I record. feel. Just that's saying. how I feel. But so let me tell you this, because I know you're going to talk about the Mets later. Uh, my friend Sammy's dad, is they're a little scattered when it comes to baseball. There are actually a couple of Red Sox fans in that family, but then there's also Yankees and Mets. But my friend Sammy's dad is a Mets fan and a Rangers fan. And they right now, it's, it's a little after 10 p.m. in New York. They right now are in the middle of seeing Macbeth on Broadway for her brother's birthday. Oh, and he's going to oh, walk out of there oh. and check his phone. Well, I was going to say, do you even just, check or do you go down to D... If I was in a situation like that, I would turn it off and probably go the DVR route. The problem is somebody may ruin the fun for you. That's the issue. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're going to. And I think they're. he's going to see it when he comes out. The Maris family is going to exit that show and just be delighted with what has occurred in, in New York sports this evening. But to tie it all back together, New York is is my current home and sort of my chosen home and something that I a place that I've got just an endless amount of love for. I come from a family that has mostly Boston sports allegiances, but we were never a hockey family. And I used to cover the Patriots, boo, hiss, before I worked at the ringer. And when you cover a sport, it kind of changes the way that you feel about it. Of course. So like when if you're covering the sport day in and day out where you are it's supposed to be and you are because you're very good at what you do, this unbiased, fair and reasonable journalist. You kind of got to leave that fandom at the door. I've seen it with guys I know that cover baseball, gals I know who cover football, baseball, the whole case may be. You're not covering hockey, though, so it allows you to go fan out, basically. Totally. And I, I just had been desperate for a long time for a New York team that I could really make my own. And the Rangers, because of my friendship with Sammy, they are really becoming that team, and it's super fun for me, so... Go Rangers! Well, you're on the bandwagon, and that is going to do very well for you walking around the streets of New York, even with those New England ties. 
Who is the guy though? Do you have do you have a favorite player on the team? Is there somebody that you like immediately like identified and said, yeah, that's my dude? So the other piece of this is that I went to high school with Chris Kreider. Now we Whoa. did not know each other. We were not friends. I didn't know this. I don't think you did. told me that when we were out in California. You went to high school with Kreider? We we overlapped for one year and then he went to Boston College where a very close friend of mine. Annie ended up going to school. She was like a total mentor to me in high school. I'd go visit her in college to like try to be cool and sneak into parties. And probably once the entire time that I visited her, we ran into him. But I went to a couple BC games. And so Kreider's the dude. He is the dude. And I remember doing radio a couple of years ago when it was like, should they trade him? Should they keep him? Should they extend him? I remember me and my old partner at the time, I'm filling in with him. He comes on with me all the time. Beningo was screaming, you got to keep this guy. He's a stud. He's homegrown. He's coming of age. Now he's a 50-goal scorer, Noah Princiati. Not bad. He's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. So Kreider is your favorite on the team. Um, but you got to be a sucker for the goaltender, right? Igor Shesterkin. Absolutely. I mean, how, but he's, that to me, and I got a little nervous there at the end of the third period when he's getting collided into because basically all your hopes and dreams are dead. If you have any hope of the Rangers winning this series, Igor has got to be an absolute beast or they want to go on some crazy Stanley Cup run. Um, but you have a hot goaltender in, in Stanley Cup playoffs. Even a novice like me knows you can get hot and maybe uh, take the whole thing. He's been unbelievable. And uh, game one was so heartbreaking just because, uh, I mean, what was it? Like a 952 save percentage gives up four goals. It just feels like, man... You shouldn't have to waste a performance like that, but it was just such a heartbreaking game. So I'm glad that I'm glad that the fruits of his labor did not go for naught this evening. Okay, so are you okay with the Rangers' season if they win this series and they get knocked out, let's say in the second round? Are you okay with this series, no matter what this season, no matter what? Because hey, it's a young team. You know they're gaining and growing playoff experience. Like what is Nora Princiati's reasonable expectations for this Ranger team? Well, so I'm going to give you the reasonable answer, and then I'm going to admit that I have unreasonable feelings. That's fine. About you're you're allowed to have team. that. You're on my podcast. That's what we do around here. So I think a series win feels like gravy at this point. I don't think a lot of people thought that they would even be here. It's a young team. Clearly, they got a lot of potential. And if they get past Pittsburgh, I think you just call it a win if you're looking at it objectively. I am not looking at it objectively. Again, I never saw this team lose in person in the regular season. And I just feel like there's something special. Well, there, and I feel like if they get past this Pittsburgh series, then I believe it would be the Carolina-Boston winner, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So if they get one of those, I know Carolina gave them trouble, but that's still a series they can win. Florida's the team everybody's looking at, and they're like, yeah, good luck. If you end up matching up with them, they're leaps and bounds better than everybody else. But hey. The Rangers, you realize this, Nora, when you're in town, regular season hockey, it has its diehard fans. It has the people that are going to the garden and are rocking out. Come playoff time. I, I, I'm walking around Brooklyn. I saw so many Ranger shirts over the last, like, 12 to 24 hours. It's insane. It is just, I mean, first of all, it's like you need heart pills just to, to watch these playoff it. games. Yeah, I, I feel you on that. It's unbelievable. And particularly, it's, tonight was not as bad as Tuesday. But, and it's funny because they were really good against Pittsburgh during the regular season, but it is kind of a scary opponent just because of the volume of shots that they can get. 
And they have such an advantage at goaltender that I, I just feel like the path for the Penguins is just to pepper Igor. And when they're doing it, it's like your heart is racing. It's terrifying, JJ. It's well, and Crosby, Crosby's terrifying, too. I mean, whether you yeah, like him or not, the guy just makes shit happen. I mean, there's a reason why he's one of the best to ever do it. He's been all over the freaking place in this series the first two games. Been fantastic. It, he's like, they've got him three on one, and he just finds the tiniest little opening. It is really, really unbelievable. I have you here. So the NFL is your bread and butter. Jet and Giant fans haven't had much to cheer about for the last decade. I mean, the team has been an out-and-out disaster. The Jets, they haven't sniffed the playoff game. They haven't had a winning season. I think they've had one winning season in 10 years. The Giants, since Eli and Coughlin, it's been an out-and-out nightmare. I let you, Noah Princiati, unbiased, reasonable NFL podcaster and journalist, I'm going to allow you right now to buy stock in one of the two New York football teams. Who are you taking, the Jets or the Giants? I'm taking the Jets. Mm. Buying stock in the Jets. I'd okay. like to buy a little bit of Jets stock. Now, I'll explain this to you, okay? This is a little bit of... Uh, this is a little bit of a high-risk, high-reward play by me here. Because I actually like a lot of what the Giants have built and done. And I think that Daniel Jones is still a bit underrated. The problem is we know that he doesn't have a super high ceiling. Zach Wilson had a lot of trouble as a rookie. But I was pretty high on him coming into the league. If that turns out to be the byproduct of just a really tough situation, and I find, think they got three really good players at the top of the draft this year, if that changes and all of a sudden he starts realizing some of that potential, I think the Jets have a little bit more forward progress that they can make. I, I think the I like what the Giants have done. I think they did such a good job in the draft getting an impact player on both sides of the line. But I, I still just think there's a limited ceiling with where they can go with the quarterback. I understand that. My counter would be this. The AFC is loaded. And the NFC, sure. I kind of feel like he's very top-heavy. Like, you have Brady. You have Rodgers. You have the teams out west. But, like, then there's kind of that gap. And, look, I'm not delusional. I think the Giants... And the Jets are going to be sub-500 teams this year. But you have two tackles. I go and draft maybe a quarterback next year. Weaker conference. I would actually buy stock in the Giants right now. I'd count it out. I think the, the Giants are a better team, right? Like, I, I think the Giants could be kind of sneaky tough. And, and you're right. The NFC is more wide open. And their division, I think the Cowboys are going to take a step back. I don't so trust the is, Eagles. Right. The football so team they, or the commanders. I believe it is the commanders. I have that right. I don't know what their the deal is. Going, no. There we go. I, I got it right. I didn't call them the football team. So we're, we're moving in the right direction. I think there's opportunity. More so, let's put it this way, Nora. I see more opportunity for them long term as opposed to the Jets, who you know the Buffalo Bills are not going anywhere with Josh Allen and with that infrastructure they have in place. That's That's totally fair. I just think the chance is still open that the Jets actually have something with Wilson. We kind of know what Daniel Jones is. So you're right? in so on so take the basically what you tell me is you're in on Zach Wilson. You like Zach Wilson. I think there's a chance. I think there's a there's a higher chance that he stinks than there is that Daniel Jones stinks. 
but there's a higher chance that Zach Wilson actually turns out to be really good than Daniel Jones turns out to be like a really good, you know, franchise quarterback. Understandable. Um, has this been one of the more chaotic off seasons for you to cover? I mean, the NFL now is like turning into that where it's like 24, seven, 365. Like I'm giddy for the schedule. Like I'm not going to lie. Like next Thursday when the <laughs> schedule comes out, I start plotting when I'm going to be in South Florida. Like I, I'm one of those people. I, I know a lot of you guys are like, who gets excited about the schedule release? I do. Uh, I'm one of those morons that gets excited about the schedule release. But covering the NFL, have you noticed, like, from when you started to where you're at right now, has it gotten a lot crazier? It is crazier just because you got a whole crop of general managers and sort of the high-level decision-making people who they're just more willing to make big bets with moving assets around, whether that's players, whether that's first-round draft picks, like, I think there's this understanding that you can move a big asset and recoup it much faster than people used to feel like teams could. And then you couple that with the need. Owners are impatient. They're probably a little bit more impatient than they used to be. The cycles to win, to rebuild are shorter. Like there's a lot of stuff going on. Now I do have a bone to pick with you. Minor okay. bone. It's a minor bone. I still love Please. you, but it's a minor bone. It's okay. Because I know we're going to get into an argument over this, and I'm going to share it with the listening audience. Miami Dolphins, New England Patriots. I told the boss man, and he knows this, and right now he is not in good spirits because his Red Sox stink, and they're going to lose 80-plus games this year. So I'm poking them that much more. Tua and the Miami Dolphins, Mac Jones and the New England Patriots. Who has more wins in 2022, Noah Princiati? Deep sigh. Well, I don't think either of them are going to be particularly good, but I, I Ooh, really why, why, why are you down on the Dolphins? Just because of Tua? I'm a little down on Tua. Yeah. I, I know you're not as big as fan. And listen, of... I get that. He's got a lot to prove. My thing with Mac, the, the core, my issue, and we got into a little debate uh, over a couple of drinks at a ringer gathering, is the coronation of Mac Jones to me was just way too premature. And like down the stretch of the year, once the book was kind of out on him, and I know he didn't have much to work with, played poorly against the Colts, played like crap against my team, was embarrassing in the playoff game. Like, I, I, I'm not I'm not ready to put Mac Jones in the Hall of Fame either. I think that's fair, especially after the way that he ended the season. I still think the sum total of his rookie year is pretty promising. What makes me less confident is just then the season ended and they dismantled a lot of what was good around him. I do not understand why. And I don't understand how you could expect, at least from the perspective of just what the team infrastructure is to support him. I don't understand how you can look at that, that team and that roster and go, they should take a step forward next year. Now, if he makes a big leap from year one to year two, then sure, that'll make a big difference. But he was already doing okay. And I'm not sure you can totally count on that when the line is taking a step back. McDaniels is gone. I mean, your, 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 your upgraded wide receiver is old man Devontae Parker, who I love. He'll have like three or four really good games. But then he's going to have five games where he's nowhere to be found. And he's hobbling with a calf or a groin or a hammy. I, I've lived the Devontae Parker experience. But when my guy to Honora, what I love about what they've done here, they have basically said, all right, big boy. We're getting you the best tackle on the market. We're getting you the fastest receiver in the NFL. You got Jalen Waddle. You got a Jersey boy in Mike Gesicki. Put up or shut up. Like, there's no excuse now for Tua going into this year. It's either you have it 
or you don't. Like, I feel like teams make a mistake in evaluating quarterbacks where they don't put enough around them and they expect him to basically just be the guy to lift them up. Sometimes that doesn't work out that way. I like the way they've drawn this up in Miami where it's like, all right, now go get it done. And if you don't get it done, they have a new quarterback. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. And and the reason to pick the Dolphins there is what they've done around Tua. Okay. Final one. Now, this is where we really put you on the hot seat. Top three. And you have done some fabulous Taylor Swift podcasts that are on the ringer. Going back, re-listening to the songs. Dissecting them every which way. Give me the top three Taylor Swift songs. Favorites, according to Nora Princiati. Top three. Oh, my gosh. JJ, this is horrible. I knew this was going to be the toughest question I asked you, but that's that's why we go out with a bang. Okay. So, Canon. All too well. It is just the iconic Taylor Swift song. It is a masterclass in songwriting. My personal favorite, New Romantics. It's a good it song. Is I like that song. It's a good song. Just an eternal bop. I'm so excited for 1989 Taylor's version so that we get to hear New Romantics Taylor's version. And then let's see. Let me hit you with a deep cut of some sort. I love that you're digging deep. I respect it. I respect it. Can I, I would give you another, another personal 1989 fave is... I know places. I don't know that one. I got to be honest. I don't know that one. Check it out. It's really, really, really cool. She does this like crazy musical trick where you don't hear the dominant tone in um, until you get to the chorus. So it it just sounds incredible. It is based off in part uh, Taylor going on a date at the Central Park Zoo with Harry Styles. So we love that backstory. We're super into it. Great song. Noah Princiati, Ringer NFL. Wait, what else are you JJ, plugging? JJ, I, I can't, I, I can't let you go so quickly. Oh, I have two more things that we need. Wow. To talk about. Okay, I like this. See, I, w- I was trying to be very mindful of your time, but please, the floor is yours. No, I like no, no, this. no, no, no. I was not leaving until we discussed these two things. Okay. Okay. First of all, while I have this New York-based bully pulpit, yes. I explained at the top of the show that like my love for the New York Rangers comes legitimate. Through fair and you're on board well, you're welcome and like a desire to feel connected with my chosen city and want to root for one of the teams when I used to go to games a few years ago like I, I don't know when it changed but definitely pre-pandemic after a Rangers win and I haven't been to a Knicks game in, in forever so I don't know if they did this but after a Rangers win you'd be walking out of the garden and they would play New York New York through the speakers. And it was one of the most joyful experiences of my life to be, you're going down the escalator, everybody's happy, everybody's having a good time. And you just have this like great soundtrack that makes you feel so happy to be in the city. And it's great. They don't do it anymore. They don't play the song. They, they got to work on that. They're not even giving you like a little, it. not even like a little New York state of mind. Like, uh, you know, sometimes you could tweak the soundtrack, Nora. We could totally tweak the soundtrack, but I don't know where the music went. So no music leaving the garden. I've not been to a Ranger game yet. I will get on it. I will have my people on it. We'll see what we can do. See, because when you leave I Yankee know. Stadium, I hear Sinatra for like two hours. Where I'm at, yes, where I actually get you. annoyed if I hear Sinatra after a loss, because then I don't want to hear Sinatra after a loss. I'm in a shitty mood. I totally get you. I totally, totally get you. But I know the powers that be listen to this podcast and are tapped in with what's going on here. And I just, I, I need, I needed to talk about it. Second of all, uh, some of your your pals on on the Yankees. Oh, I knew we were going here. I knew we were going attended, here. I actually forgot to bring it up, and I. I saw your tweet 
uh, through the madness of the Ranger game and the Met game. So we did not get to engage on Twitter. What was your issue yeah. with my guys, LeMayu, Rizzo, and Judge? All three of my favorites, by the way. Three of my guys on the Yankees, please. All right. They're, they, so they're on camera, they're at the game, and they get on camera and they're like chugging beers. Rewind the tape to the beginning of the chug. There is about, and I, I don't even drink beer. I don't even like beer. I do. There, Not enough. There is maybe two, two fingers worth of liquid in each one of those. So you tell me it's like flip cup level beer. I don't. I'm not gonna yes. go that far. Nah, I would say it's not a full beer. But you know this, Nora. It you was have, not a half full beer. Nah, probably about a third of the way. A third of the way. Those are Generous, those are like. I'll give it to you. But you you've been to Madison Square Garden. I know you're not a beer person. Those are not 12 ounce beer cans. You know those are they charge you enough money. They're usually like 24 ounces. I want to say or 18. So you want the guys, sure. basically, you want them to, to buck up and have the full beer next time they're on camera. I'm just saying, if you're going to make a big deal out of a televised chug, you're going to have to do a little better than like four tablespoons. I I agree with that. But did they know they were going to be on camera? Was there, you know, hey, we got DJ Aaron and Anthony Rizzo here. Whatever's in their I mean, beer. Yes, I think if those three go to a Ranger game, they know they're going to be on camera. So what, what are they supposed to have full beers the whole time until they get on the camera? I think someone would have gotten them a full beer if they had asked. So, all right. So next time, and I think this is a good lesson for any of the celebrities out there. So if I ever get put and I'm not on the level of Aaron Judge, I'm like the D-list, F-list, Z-list celebrity in New York. I will have the full beer. And if I'm on the camera, I got to chug it. Fair? You got to like, you actually probably have to like store a spare one under your seat. See, you I'm going to have the chug beer ready. And I'm not going to lie to you. I would get very nervous. Not even being on the camera. Me chugging the beer with like all of Madison Square Garden watching kind of gives me anxiety now thinking about it. I hear you. I hear you. But we'll play like a champion. I'll think of you. I'm glad we got to talk about this. Listen, don't be a stranger. You are a New Yorker now. You're doing a terrific, terrific job. Thanks for a couple of minutes. And uh, if you ever want to like vent about the Rangers, you know, we, we, have a, we have a place for you. Thank you, JJ. Go Rangers. Noah Princiati, rock star of the ringer. Lady of many talents. All right, we got a lot more coming up. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Well, that was fun. See, we ran the gauntlet with Nora and I had to get a little Taylor Swift in there. I know our buddy Mike Fliegelman would be very proud of me. Like, they're probably, like, the two biggest Taylor Swift people that are on planet Earth. It's like Nora Princiati and Mike Fliegelman. It's, it's one or the other. Okay. We didn't do trivia last week. It was draft day. It was just too much chaos. There was too much going on. We are back with a vengeance for trivia. So we'll see if the layoff, you know, I got a layoff to my golf game. I hope it helps. We got a layoff to, to trivia. Let's see if it helps. All right, Larry. JJ, Larry in Florida. Here's the trivia. Name the five active players with more than 2,000 hits right now. 
second one is in the past 30 years, three NFL quarterbacks got drafted in the seventh round and played in the league at least 14 years. Can you name them? I'm out. That NFL question just sounds like a freaking doozy. That just sounds like a doozy talking about seventh round draft picks. I'm going to start with the baseball question first. Five active players with at least 2,000 hits. All right, so you got to think about guys who have a ton of hits, and you got to think about guys who have been in the league for a long, long time. All right, the first one I'm throwing out there, Stefan, Nelson Cruz. Wow, I'm getting a buzzer right out of the gate. That is never a good sign. That is never a good sign when you are getting the buzzer right out of the freaking gate. Yikes. Yikes. I was confident in that answer, too. Five active players, 2,000 hits. So you got to think about guys who have been in the big leagues now for a long, long time. You're, like, going through rosters. You're, like, thinking about, like, like who's been around forever? Who would fit this description? The hit machines, if you will. He's got to count because he's still an active player. Robinson Cano. He still counts. I know he's not on a roster or a team right now, but he's still technically an active player. So Cano, one down. We got four to go. Four more guys with 2,000-plus hits. Like, you got to think about guys who have been in the league forever. Forever. You know, I'm like going through rosters. I'm like going through teams. It's not as easy as you think. Folks, let me tell you something. It is not as easy as you think. All right, I'm going to throw one out there. I'm not very confident in this answer, but I'm going to say it anyway. DJ LeMayu. <laughs> nah, I didn't think so. I, I, I didn't think so. Because he, he hasn't played long enough. And now you have COVID years and short years, so that's out. Okay, LeMayu is out. Four more guys have 2,000-plus hits. Holy moly. All right, I got another one, Stefan. Jose Altuve. Really? Wow. Altuve did not make this list? Damn. Now I'm really surprised. Now I'm really hurting. Really, really hurting. I mean, I'm like going through every team in my mind. I'm like, well, way to go. Where the hell do you go? What veteran player am I throwing out there? As far as guys that are like, quote, unquote, hit machines. See, it's going to be like bench guys, and it's going to annoy me when I think about them having as much, you know, long-term longevity, whatever the hell you want to call it. Stefan, how many American or National League players are on this list? All right, let's see. We got two National League guys, three National League guys, and one American League guy. Three National League guys and one American League guy. Okay. And I'm going to say you're also overthinking it a little bit, Jay. They're right in your face. You're not thinking of – you're just over – you're overthinking it. You're overplaying this one. It's right in front of you. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm overthinking these. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give you one that might be in the overthinking category. Andrew McCutcheon. 
All right. Overthinking them, huh? Over-freaking-thinking, 2,000 hits. Who the hell has 2,000 hits? Because Yelich doesn't have 2,000 hits, does he? You know what? I, Stefan, I give up. I got one. Give me the rest of the answers. I don't even want to guess anymore. Too pathetic. Miggy just got 3,000 last week, JJ. Yeah, How so I'm not, I, I wasn't going to count Miggy. I should have. That You're right about that. That's one right off the Who hosts? Oh, yeah. Duh. That's an Joey obvious Votto. One. Votto, okay. And Yachty Molina. See, Molina I would have never gotten. Votto I should have gotten. And Pujols was a no-brainer. I don't, you know what it is? With Miggy and Pujols, I'm thinking 3,000. That I'm, like, you, you, if that makes sense, you're, like, totally overlooking the fact that they hit the 2,000 plateau. So I wasn't even thinking about him in that sphere. But then again, you know, Cano was on his quest to 3,000 hits. So uh, that's not going to happen. All right, question two from Larry. And this one sounds like an absolute doozy. Talking about seventh-round quarterbacks to play at least 14 years in the league. Seventh-round quarterbacks. I mean, I can't even think of one seventh-round quarterback. I'm throwing one guess out there right out of the gate. Stephon, Ryan Fitzpatrick? See, I'm proud of myself for getting that one because, I mean, he's the type of guy who would be a seventh-round pick, and he is the type of guy that would stick it around in the league for forever. So that, that's one. I, I'm proud of that answer. Do I have any chance, Stefan, at getting the other two is my question. Uh, one, I think you can get. Um, he had a brief stint as a starter. He had a brief stint as a starter. And, uh, he, and he played for all. Oh, I actually, I think I may know this. Is it Josh McCown? <laughs> it's not Josh McCown. All right. That was, uh, I thought maybe that was my hint. Brief stint as a starter. Recent? Brief stint as a starter or no? Uh, let's say I'll give you this happened within the last 15 years. Yeah, 15 years. Within the last 15 years, this guy had a brief stint as a starter. AFC or an NFC conference? He was in the AFC. He, um, he came in for a very notable quarterback. He came in and started for a very notable quarterback. Oh, man. Now, now I'm definitely going to be annoyed. Came in for a very notable quarterback. Matt Castle. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Good hint from Stefan. I'm doing better with these seventh-round quarterbacks than I would have thought. And then you said the last one I have no chance of getting. Uh, I'll let you get a shot at it. Um, I'll take one shot. Most notably started in the AFC West. Within the last 20 to 30 years? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. AFC West. I don't think it's a Bronco. I don't think it's... Oh, I think I do know. Is it Rich Gannon? It's a good game, good effort. Who is the AFC West quarterback? Well, I remember him most notably from the AFC West. It was Gus Farad. 
who I just looked up, and he was a pro bowler. I'm actually surprised about that. When was uh, probably with Washington, right? It had to yeah. be Washington. Yeah, I was actually surprised about that. I was actually surprised. About Gus Farad, who played, uh, I mean, go off trying to figure out who played on more teams, Ryan Fitzpatrick or Gus Farad. I think it's Fitzpatrick, but uh, Gus, Gus would give him a run for his money. That I and he you. was a Dolphin. I forgot he was a Dolphin. Yes, he too. was. He was the bridge quarterback, Stefan, between Jay Fiedler, A.J. Feely, and Dante Culpepper. They actually had a winning record with Gus Farad and Nick Saban in the 2005 season. How about that? That's that's a blast from the past right there. I didn't actually hate Gus Farad as a Dolphin. I mean, he was what he was, but he was not as bad as I thought he was going to be. All right, before we hit Jeff Money, good job by Larry with the trivia. We, we, we rallied. We were a little better than I thought we were going to be today, quite frankly. Shook off a little of the cobwebs and the rust. We are going to be doing the same game parlay, weather permitting if the games go on Friday. Yankees-Rangers. I'll be in the lab tonight, tomorrow morning. We'll have it up on FanDuel. We'll put it up on Twitter, social media. If you want to ride with me, you want to fade me, be my guest. But we will have a same-game parlay Friday for Yankees and Rangers. And these same-game parlays on FanDuel are going to be like our Friday happy hour tradition, where if you're at happy hour, you may be having a couple of pops, you want to ride with the family, you ride with the family. Or you take sides against the family. You remember who takes sides against the family. Okay, Jeff Money, before we say goodbye, the floor is yours. What's up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a handicap of picks. This is going to be for the NBA action. We're going to go bet on all the games for Friday the 6th and Saturday the 7th. Start with Friday the 6th for tomorrow. I'm going to start going with, I'm going to go with the Philadelphia 76ers plus the one over the Miami Heat. In game number two, I'm going to take the Phoenix Suns, pick them over the Mavericks. On Saturday the 7th, I'm going to go with the Boston Celtics plus the three over the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm going to take the Grizzlies plus the seven over the Warriors. Again, for Friday, I'm going to take the 76ers plus the one, the Phoenix Suns pick them. Saturday, I'm going to go with the Celtics plus the three and the Grizzlies plus the seven. Let's see if we have some family plays, and everyone can always follow all my plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go. Jeff Money. I feel bad you lost some value on Philadelphia. That line is now already up to Miami minus three. I like Dallas, and I know Dallas burned a lot of people in game two. I think they will have a moment in this series. I think Luka at home will have a moment, and we'll get into this a little bit more in detail. Ring of Gambling, Joe House, Podfather's coming on. I'm going to give him so much shit about the Red Sox. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to ask him about Trevor's story. I'm going to ask him about Xander Bogarts. I cannot wait to needle the pod father tomorrow. And he's going to just bring up the one game playoff. And, you know, I know he's going to be obnoxious about it, but we're going to give him shit. Don't you worry. We're going to give him a lot of shit. Um, we'll give you a little more detail for those picks, but lost some value on Miami Philly. I don't have a strong feel on that game. I will be on Dallas tomorrow. That I can tell you. As for Saturday, two sharp lines. I'm not ready to pick Saturday's games yet. I got to sleep on it. Download Ringer Gambling and then I'll lock them in. Right now, I am not ready to pick Saturday's games. But Jeff Money, I give you credit. You give the people what they want. Great job by Stefan. I want to thank Sewell. I want to thank Nora Princiati. Voicemails were tremendous. And remember, same game parlay tomorrow, FanDuel Sportsbook. Saturday, Spotify Live after Rangers Penguins. Sunday, get the voicemails in by 7 o'clock. Get the voicemails in by 7 o'clock. Rangers, Yankees, Mets, life, the gauntlet. And we'll have our Sunday show as usual. Enjoy your weekend. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there and to my mother, Mama Jay. Crazy Kim, I love you. You're the best. Uh, I'm looking forward to coming over for dinner. 
My mom loves me so much, she's going to get my little sister at college. I won't even see her on Mother's Day. Yeah, it's all right. I'll see you Monday. Or I'll see you tomorrow. Good stuff, everybody. Enjoy the weekend. Be good.